All right, any other like New Year's Day junkies out there? Like I love New Year's Day. I love starting over. I love having a brand new journal. I love having resolutions. I love being able to say I did something every day so far this year. I love having goals for the year. I love the end of the year because I pull out my Excel document that lists all of the numbers and things that I record every year. Anyone else do that? Okay, no, all right. Like, I love this time of year, and I love it individually, right? And now I've learned to love it as a family, and now I love it corporately for us together as a church. And so what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to reflect a little bit on what God has done over the last year for us as a church, and then we're going to look ahead to what we think God is calling us to together as a church into the future, uh, and then we're going to end with the, uh, a prayer simply that says, God, as we're doing this, uh, this is what we hope you do inside of us. See, our, our Christian faith, we know this, it is both spiritual and practical. Uh, James says it this way, faith without works is dead, right? Or works without faith is dead, right? The, uh, that idea in Scripture uh, that there is both the spiritual and the practical side, the I believe and the I do. And so this morning, we're going to air a little bit more on the practical side. And by looking back and saying, hey, this is uh, what God did. And this is what God did kind of relationally and, uh, and maybe like culturally, like inside of us or forming us. And this is what God did numerically in our church over the last year. And if you think, you know, that numbers aren't like a thing in the Bible, there's an entire book called Numbers, so you're wrong. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, and then we're going to talk about what's in the future for us and really just asking God to continue to lead us. We have seven values here as a church. One of them is that this is God's church. And it's much more than just a statement that sounds spiritual. It really is the guiding principle of our church. It's our way of stopping and reminding ourselves, we're not in charge. I'm not in ultimate charge here. The elders, our staff, our leadership teams, like all of that. Like, no, God is in charge. Or as I've said it before, uh, if Jesus isn't the head and the Holy Spirit isn't the power then it's not a church. It can look like a church. It can act like a church. It can talk like a church. But unless Jesus is the head and the Holy Spirit is the power, it's not a biblical church. And so this is God's church. And so this morning as we talk uh, and as I work through these few verses and as I point out some things, this is a way of just looking at God and saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you have done over the last year. Now, I will add before I get into it uh, that as we're doing this corporately, I would encourage you to take some time and do this personally or as a family. See, we're going to work the sermon here in three different, uh, kind of like three, uh, three part sequence, I guess. The first is we're going to look and wonder. And our look and wonder is actually going to be looking back and wonder, wonder, not like wondering like what happened, wonder like wow, okay? And so we're going to look and wonder or be astounded. Uh, and then we're going to run and read, actually read and run. We're going to read the vision that we feel like God has given us for the next year, and then I'm going to challenge each of you to run along with us, and then we're going to end with glory and peace, that as we run and as we follow what God has called us to, as we are about the work of ministry together as a church, then uh, as we do more, as we grow more, as these things happen, that they would happen as we experience God's glory and his peace more. So a lot of times we have this idea that the more we do or the bigger we get or the more I have on, that peace has to leave. Well, I don't think that's true. 
We want to run through all of this with as much peace, more peace than we've ever had before. So let's start with uh, the first one, which I said was we're going to look and wonder or look and be astounded. And our verses this morning uh, come from the, the last part of the Old Testament. Uh, it's called the Minor Prophets. And uh, I'm going to set this down. The Minor Prophets are these 12 small books at the end of the Old Testament. I read through the Old Testament last year. And so I got to some of these verses near the end of the year, and this is where I found my heart kind of going back to these verses over and over. So there's two in the book of Habakkuk and one in the book of Haggai. We'll start with the first verse in the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk, 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 you know, whatever. Okay. Chapter 1, verse 5. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. We don't have a lot of verses today, so let me read it again. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. Now, sometimes when we're reading Scripture, uh, the, the right thing to do is just simply to do what the Scripture says. Look and wonder. God wanted the children of Israel to spend a moment there, and before they rushed into the next thing, before they hopped into the new year, to look and to wonder, to look back and go, wow, God, look what you've done. Look and wonder. So let's spend a little bit of time this morning looking and wondering at what God has done over the last year. You know, a year ago from this Sunday, I stood, uh, you know, right here and was preaching a message about how we were going to go deeper instead of wider as a church. And we were going to pursue the heart of discipleship with that kind of mindset, deeper, not wider. Now, we can all like have plans and ideas, but it's really fun when you have plans and ideas and then you look back and you see that God brought to fruition those plans and ideas. And as I look back over the last year, there are many things that have happened that I would not believe had I been told a year ago. I would not have believed had I been told that we were going to go through an entire year and every single morning we were going to be able to produce an incredibly written, I don't write them so I can say that, an incredibly written, like powerful, succinct daily devotional that follows along with our weekend service uh, that hundreds of you were going to read it each and every day and that it was going to be faithfully done every single morning. I've watched that over the last year, and we didn't even pay anyone to do it uh, until August when, when we actually hired the person who was over this. So for the first, what is that, seven months of the year, every single day it happened. And you guys opened it up, and you read it, and you grew. And I look back, and I go, man, we were going deeper, deeper into what we were talking about, and I wouldn't believe it. Had I been told, as the year kind of progressed for us as a church, we talked about how uh, we needed to learn our Bibles. We, we needed to spend more time in Scripture, uh, that the, the kind of the idea that uh, I can just listen for a little bit on a Sunday or our kids can just listen for a little bit on a Sunday and that be enough, that that isn't enough. And so we said, we're going to press into this. We're going to go deeper into Scripture. So we're going to launch Wednesday Night Church. Now, I've been doing ministry, I've been doing, you know, for, I've been doing ministry for 16 years. This is the start of my 16th year. And I've tried a lot of things that haven't worked, right? And I look back at Wednesday night church and go, wow, I wouldn't believe it had I been told, but y'all showed up and showed a hunger to know the word of God more. Kids were showing up and students were showing up and adults were showing up. And there's just this idea that's being birthed, I think, in all of us as a church of this desire to know God's word better. 
We passed out 250, I think, fact packs. Those are like those Bible quiz questions that we passed out. Remember the sermon I introduced those? I said, we're going back to the 90s. Like we're taking church back to the 90s. We're, we're, we're going to study the fact pack, right? We're going to um, have Wednesday night church for the whole family. We're going to spend more time kind of doing some of these things that I think in the hustle and the bustle and the shift of church got lost that are really, really important. And you all responded. And I wouldn't believe that had I been told, but Wednesday night and, uh, and then your guy, you guys just like studying those fact packs on your own, like they, they just set a tone that we want to know the word of God. We can't be shy about this. We can't just say, okay, no, we get together and then we kind of sprinkle the word. No, like, like we gather together. The saints have always gathered together to, to study the word of God together. And so I look back at those developments and, and, and I wouldn't believe it had I been told a year ago. I mean, we weren't even planning on doing Wednesday night church in the beginning of January. It's something that God's spirit kind of led us through uh, as we just followed him throughout the year. But here we are a year later, and we're relaunching that on January 19th for all of us to get together again and to learn the word of God some more together. A couple of days ago, uh, in, I guess, preparation for this sermon, I was reading uh, some, some church blogs, right? So if you didn't know, those things exist. And, and I was reading about what the experts were saying about church at the beginning of 2021. And here's a couple of things that the experts were saying about church at the beginning of 2021. Uh, they were saying that it's going to be about con uh, connection, not content. About connection, not content. They're saying, um, don't evaluate your church in 2021 uh, in any way based upon who shows up in your doors, but rather who's watching online, okay? That's the second thing they said. Third thing they said is watch the generational gaps. The generational gaps are going further and further apart. Uh, and so, like, mind your generational differences within your body. So that's what the experts were saying at the beginning of 2021. Now, I, I read that at the end of 2021, so I didn't know what, what was being said. And I look back over the last year, and I look in wonder, because I see what God has done in our church. From a generational perspective, we have just as many young people more so than ever before. That as we have pressed into who we are as a church, standing for the truth of Scripture, uh, that that hasn't led to an absolute departure, but actually an increase in people younger. And there's all of this talk right now, by the way, and I think sometimes the church has to resist this talk. There's all this talk about, oh, the generations, they're so different from each other, and you have to talk differently to different generations, and you know, oh, this generation doesn't. No, no, no. People are people, and the gospel is the gospel. I don't buy into this. And, and as a church, we have to always remind ourselves um, that the, the gospel doesn't change. There are certain little generational things that we can take into consideration. We do that already. Some of you would like us to sing more hymns, right? We tend to be the older ones. And I know this because whenever we sing a hymn, you go, I wish we sang more hymns, right? But you still show up. And what you're doing there is you're submitting and you're humbling yourself and you're saying, hey, yeah, that's a preference of mine, but man, I'll give it up for the greater good of what's going on, right? And so there are certain generational things that, yeah, those things can change, but the, the, the heart can't. People are people and the gospel is the gospel. And the gospel changes every life, whether it's a millennial life or a boomer life or a, I always forget what's below millennial now, Z, Y, something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
that. The gospel is the gospel. And, and so we just preach and we let God send and build his church of all ages. So I look around and I go, God, I, I wouldn't believe it had I been told, but, but that's amazing. And, and now we get the beauty of having a multi-generational church. And, uh, and by the way, the, the scripture speaks to that often. Uh, it speaks to, by the way, the, the, the scriptures speak to the opposite of what the world speaks to when it comes to generations, right? The... the the, the world always says, right, the one generation looks at the old gener- the, the, the generation that's behind them and goes, what a bunch of immature fools, right? And, uh, and, then what a, and then looks this way and goes, what a bunch of people who just don't get it, right? And, and that's, what, that's what the world always does. And it does it every single generation and every single generation and every single generation. And, and, and then the scripture says the complete opposite, Right? The scripture says that when you're sitting in this generation, you're supposed to go to that generation and say, man, I honor you and I respect you and I want to learn from you. And then, the, and then you're supposed to look down at the next generation and go, man, I've learned some stuff and I want to help. And when every generation does that, the way scripture does, it builds this beautiful community of a multi-generational experience, completely opposite of what the world does right? Brings us together. Uh, one of the other things I mentioned uh, in that, you know, the church experts were saying, uh, it's going to be about connection, not content. And I will say, I think that's somewhat veiled language of saying, lessen the rhetoric and just worry about people getting to know each other. And I'll say this, the church is not a social entity. I want you to have church friends, and I want you to meet new people. And I want and I think that some of the best people you will meet in life and some of the people who will walk through you through the toughest times uh, and some of the people who will pray with you and will, will hold your hand and will you know, give you a shoulder to cry on, all of those things you can find and should find in church with the mutual uh, relationship that we have in Christ. But that does not mean um, that what we should do is just elevate like some kind of um, very superficial relationship over content. No, no, we're Christians. We rally around the gospel. It is the gospel. It is the scriptures uh, in part that tie us and bind us together. And so we haven't gone less on content this year. We've gone more. We haven't gone less outspoken. We've gone more out. We haven't gone like, let's try to hide behind weird language. No, we've gone more. Why? Because as Christians, we want to look around and go, who believes what I believe? Who's with me? Who, who, who do I know wants to open up these scriptures and submit themselves to it in the same way? And that's what we rally around. And it forges the best of relationships. The best of relationships. Said uh, the experts, right? Like, don't, don't, um, don't evaluate what happens in your building. Just look at online, right? And now, listen, I know a lot of you still watch online, right? There's a lot of you watching online right now. We, we love you. Um, but, but we also know that there is something about gathering in person in there. And just like being here, seeing the smile on the face, worshiping together, right? Uh, you know, all of the, the, the just the, the sense of, of, of that community. And over the last year, I shared this with you guys in the letter, our church adult attendance just in person has grown by 52% in the last year. In the year that people said, don't, don't look at that to happen. And I listen, all of this, this is, God, look at what you're doing. This is amazing. I'm, I look back and I wonder at that. 
Now, for some of you, this stat, to me, this is a mind-blowing stat. And at the same time that was happening, okay, our adult attendance grew by 52%. Our giving grew by 118% in a year. That is amazing. I look back at that and wonder, and this one for sure, if you had told me that at the beginning of January, I'd have said, I would not have believed it, had I been told. Last year, we went into the year with a budget of $55,000 a month, okay? And it, by the way, if you come from a church where, like, you don't talk about money or whatever, like, we're pretty open about it. Being transparent about how we spend our money is just a part of who we are. Financial integrity is one of our values. And so we don't hide anything. We have a business meeting every year. We're going to do that on the third Sunday of January. Uh, and I'm just going to lay, I think it's the third Sunday. It might be three Sundays from now. Uh, it's on your calendar. And what we're going to do is we're just going to lay out the budget for the year. And we're going to say, hey, this is how we're going to spend it. And integrity is when we say we're going to do one thing, and then we do that thing, right? And so we're going to show you um, over the last year how we, we spent the money you gave, exactly how we said we would spend it, right, in these categories. And, uh, you know, and then we'll show you what the plan is for, for 2022. Again, last year, 55000 This year, we're going into it with 100000 And somebody's like, that's not 118%. You're right, because we're, we're operating in our budget less than what we have gotten um, used to receiving that way. If anything happens, anything changes, then we're in a safe spot, okay? And, and you say, even that, like, how did you get, how did that happen? The only way I can look and see how that happened is look back and wonder. Like, I, I wonder at how God sent people into our church who they just showed up and they're like, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready to give, right? And, and like, just, they came in week one and they're like, I'm ready, Right? Uh, and then I look back and I wonder because some of you this year, you moved from never having given anything to giving something. I think it's awesome. Like you just, you stepped out in faith and it was new for you and it's beautiful. And others of you, you, you went from um, nothing to something years before and now you've gone from something to a lot more something. And God's just growing you up. And I look and I go, man, that's, I wonder at that. That's beautiful. Like, God, look what you're doing. And others of you, you just had incredible years. And I know this because you've told me. And you're just like, I am so blown away by how much God has blessed. And I've given this year more than I would have ever thought I would have ever given. And God has just poured out his blessing. And with all four of those, all we can look back is go, God, I'm astounded. Look at what you've done. And so in all of these ways this year, I look back and I wonder. I'm astounded by the numbers. I'm astounded by the culture. I'm astounded by the, the unified desire. I'm astounded by what God has done. By the way, before I move on, I'd encourage you to do this on your own. Before the day's up, take some time this afternoon and just write down some things, either in a journal or on your phone, however you want to do it, and look back and wonder. Lindsay and I, you know, we do our Friday morning walk every Friday, and we were doing our last one this, this last Friday, and just walking, and, and I was like, just going through the list of things, I'm like, man, I wouldn't have believed that had I been told a year ago, Lindsay. Like, look at this. Like, and, and it's good to just take a second and reflect and thank him for all that he has done. And so you look back and you wonder. You're astounded by all that God has done, his faithfulness in it, his goodness, as we just sang about. But then there comes a point, and, and this is what happens in the verse as well, where you, you kind of transition from the looking back and the wondering to looking ahead. And, and one of the dangers always of looking ahead is we don't want to look too far ahead, 
I, I met with a young man who's in ministry. He's not from the Toledo area, um, but he was just in town for the, for the holiday weekend. He wanted to meet up with me, and we sat down, and he goes, hey, man, what's the church's vision uh, for, like, you know, 20 years? And I went, <laughs> I was like, I just hope to be alive still in 20 years, right? Like, you know, what I have, I said, I have no idea. I have no idea. I said, I am not smart enough to know what the world or the church should look like in 20 years from now. I said, I do think God has given us a plan for this year. And so we'll run after that. Much more concerned, not about the vision of 20 years, but the values that will carry us through those 20 years. See, like in leadership over the last like 10, 15, 20 years, in church and in business, it's all about vision, 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 vision. But here's the issue with vision, 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 is in order to accomplish the vision, you'll become anything you need to become to accomplish it. Much more about values. This is who we are. This is who God has called us to be. He will take care of the vision. He'll make what happen. Our job is just to be who he wants us to be. Now, with that, let's go to Habakkuk chapter. You're, you're going to think this is contradictory, but it's not. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. And the Lord answered me, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Two things here. One, this vision was very clearly given by God. So vision isn't bad. It just has to come from God. Secondly, he's saying it's so plain and so clear that you can write it down and just walk in it, right? And so our, I think our job when it comes to, to vision, vision isn't a bad thing, is to make sure that as a church, as leaders, that we pray and that we're confident that this is who God is calling us to be or what God is calling us to do, right? Uh, and for us, at least where we're at right now as a church, we're, we're like comfortable saying, okay, here's what we think God is calling us to do this year. And so we've looked and wondered. The second thing I want us to do today is I want us to read and run. Read and run. Read the vision and then run after it. Uh, and, and so we have like a, a kind of a five-fold objective or goals or vision, whatever words you want to use uh, for 2022 for us together as a church. Again, a practice that I don't think is bad for you to implement in your own life. Just sit down and say, okay, God, what are the two, three, four, whatever things that you would call us to do this year as a couple? Call me to do as an individual, right? And to write some of those down and then to read it and to say, okay, God, now I want to run after it. And so again, sometimes with scripture, what you're supposed to do is just do what it says. Write it down, read it, and then run after it. And so let's do that as a church this morning. So here are the five things that we're saying this year, uh, in 2022, we feel like this is what God has called us to do and to accomplish this year. Uh, and so the first one is this, to preach the word and to learn the word. To preach the word and to learn the word, right? Like, uh, you know, we went into that at the beginning of last year. And as we're going to this, we say it's the same thing again this year. Like, we're not, like, abandoning that idea. Like, we're going to go deeper and press even more into it to become more and more students of the word of God, to know the word, to meditate on the word, to memorize the word, to, uh, to just, just absorb it, absorb it, absorb it, absorb it. So step one, preach the word and learn the word. And here's how we're going to do that. And for some of you, this is going to be really new. 
Because you have been in a church over the last five years or 10 years or 20 years even, uh, and, and what you did in, in that environment, and I was in this environment, have been in this environment, have led this church that way uh, over the last five years, is for the most part kind of hop from series to series. So like three weeks here, and then six weeks here, and then four weeks here, and then maybe a 10-week series over the summer, and, and you kind of work in this rhythm, right? Well, for us, this year, we're going to study the book of Acts. One book. This is the first time I've ever done this in my career, right? Like we're at the beginning, and, uh, and I'm just like, well, I got 28 chapters. That's a lot of words. We'll see where it goes. We're just going to study the book of Acts together. And uh, as we study together on Sundays, though, uh, there's kind of a, a five-pronged strategy that we want to incorporate with the whole body. And so here it is. Number one, we're going to read it. We're going to read the book of Acts. And I'm going to encourage you guys to read the book of Acts every single month in 2022. You're only one day behind if you didn't start yesterday. There's 28 chapters, one chapter a day, and then you have a couple of bonus days at the end of almost every month. And so you can get caught up if you need to. And maybe you're like, wow, that sounds really boring by like April. Well, the chapters are long. There's a lot in there. And there's a lot to digest. And I think the longer you go, the more you're going to get out of it. And so journey with us. Read it. It's pretty easy. If it's the ninth day of the month, you should be on chapter nine. And you just read it over and over, 12 times this year. So we're going to read it. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to memorize it. And so there's going to be one verse a month, and there will be 12 of them that kind of tells the storyline of the book of Acts. And third thing we're going to do is we're going to study it. So every morning, that daily dig will come into your inbox, uh, and there will be some commentary. If you want to sign up for that, go to experienceredemption.com, sign up for the daily dig. You'll get a, com uh, a little bit of a Bible study on the book of Acts every single morning, right? So that's the third thing. The fourth thing we're going to do is we're going to discuss it in our life groups and our Bible study. So we get together with other people. We'll read a chapter out loud and just talk about uh, what's in there. Let the Holy Spirit lead that conversation. The fifth thing we're going to do is we're going to listen. Well, you guys get to listen. I get to preach it. And so every Sunday, starting next Sunday, we're just going to preach our way through the book of Acts. We're going to absorb this book, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit work his way through us as we work our way through this book. And so I would encourage all of us to, to journey uh, together through that. So that's number one. Preach the word, learn the word, and we're going to do that through this uh, kind of absorption into the book of Acts. The second thing we want to do this year is we want to grow our youth ministry. I want to grow our youth ministry. And uh, really, the first thing, you know, that's, that's for all of us as like a kind of a culture. Here we are. We're preaching the word. We're learning the word. We're learning the book of Acts. But from like an objective, like this one right here is like, man, preeminent. We are going to grow and focus our energy on our youth ministry on 7th through 12th grade. Uh, and so as you saw in the video and as you've heard a couple other times over the last few days or, or weeks, like uh, Lindsay and I are going to step into leading the youth group on Wednesday nights. And before anyone gets any crazy ideas, like... I just want you to know this was Lindsay's idea, not mine, okay? So, so if you're like, Stephen, you, you try and do too many things, right? Okay, this was Lindsay's idea, all right? So I remember that, all right? Okay, because we were talking about how important our youth ministry was, and we were all kind of sitting around, and, and, and we just decided, like, as a staff, we want to go all in on this. 
next semester. Because I, I don't believe there's anything more important for us to be doing over the next six months. That's why I'm not teaching a Wednesday night class, right? Uh, because I'm going to be teaching here uh, in here on Wednesday nights with our 7th through 12th graders. And we're going to focus as much energy and attention as we can. See, about a year and a half ago, I stood on this stage, uh, and it was the second time we had ever gathered as a church here. And I read this letter uh, and about like what the future might look like someday. And as part of that letter, I talked about uh, in 10 years from now, how beautiful it would be to have like this vibrant youth ministry and students from all around uh, the area coming and gathering together and learning the word of God and, uh, and releasing the passion that they have in that age for Christ and uh, learning what they believe and why they believe and how to defend why they believe what they believe so that when they leave high school and they go off to their school, they go well equipped with the knowledge of the word of God and a heart for Christ and an ability to make a difference and to infect the culture rather, be, rather than being infected when they go out. Uh, and that if we want to accomplish that in 10 years, then the best thing we can do right now is point all of our energy and attention and focus on getting this thing ramped up. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. Uh, and, and so, you know, even on Wednesday nights when you're like, well, why isn't Stephen in here teaching the adults? Why? Because I'm doing something more important. Right? I'm, not, I'm just being honest. Right now, it's more important to be in here and to hang out with these students. So students, 7th through 12th graders, I get to play the I'm your pastor card, and I need you to do this one time, and I am playing it. Okay? And so come and join us, please, on Wednesday nights, and let get, let's get this thing going. And maybe you're like, hey, I'm a senior. I don't know. Like, I'm already checked out. I'm looking at colleges. Okay, hold on. You got five months left. You're a senior. You're supposed to be as mature as you get in high school. Instead of uh, just letting those five months of maturity go by, why not use those five months and pour into something and be a part of something so that in five years you can come back and go, man, I was there at the beginning. So come and join us. Let's do this. And some of you, uh, we need volunteers. We need a team. And so you know who you are, uh, and the Holy Spirit knows who you are right now, uh, and is prompting it inside of you to come alongside and to say, I want to help. And maybe you're like an old student ministries person. You've been doing this for like 20, you've been doing it longer than I've been alive, and it's time for you to come out of retirement, okay? Uh, others of you, maybe it's your first time, and it's about just stepping in and saying, I want to be a part of this. And so if that's you, I'm going to give you all an opportunity to invest in something, to run after something, right? We're reading and running. Uh, and, and so, but if that's you, particularly in student ministries, Come on, come and join me, okay? All right, third thing we're gonna do this year, uh, third part of the vision is we're gonna launch more life groups. And um, connection is important, but it's connection around the scriptures. I already told you what you're gonna do. You're gonna read the book of Acts and let the Holy Spirit guide the conversation from there. If you're ready to step up and be a life group leader, please let us know because at this point in time, we can only launch more life groups if we have more life group leaders, all right? Fourth thing we wanna do this year is we wanna develop each and every team. See, the church has grown over the last year. I already explained that a little bit. And, and so then the weight of accomplishing everything that needs to be accomplished is now a little bit heavier because there's more going on. And so we just need more people to spread that around. And as a church, we've made it part of our culture that we don't like push people into things too quickly. We don't like, hey, your first week here, why don't you sign up, take this course, and by the end of it, you're like a full-fledged cog in the wheel. No. What we do is we let God's spirit move. And there's a couple of times a year where we say, hey, maybe it's time. And for some of you, maybe it's time. Maybe it is time. Maybe it's time to, you know, get back in the game, for lack of a better term. To step back up and say, you know what, I've got a role to play. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that the church only operates at its full capacity when each individual member is operating in its spiritual, in his or her spiritual gift. And so we need you. And so step on in. 
Each and every team. Our kids' team is incredible. Danae leads it, right? We've got lots of babies coming in 2022, uh, and so there's lots of opportunities, and we want to keep teaching these kids. I know I said this already, but why, what they believe, why they believe, and how to defend why they believe what they believe in every part of our kids' ministry. So we need more teachers. Uh, we need more life or small group leaders on the weekend. Join up. Prayer team. Prayer team. One of the things that grew the most over our last year was our prayer team and our emphasis of, uh, on prayer as a church. Uh, and so part of what we need, if we're going to run the way that we feel like God is calling us to run this year, is we need people. And I always loved thinking about the prayer team um, as out in front, right? Like they're out first and they're just kind of like praying away things. And they're praying and they're praying and they're doing a work in the spiritual before a work in the practical is done. And we want that to happen on Sunday mornings. We want that, that to happen a month out in advance or a year out in advance as we think about, hey, we're going we're gonna to be heading in this direction. Okay, prayer team, you guys go in and clear out the land. Pray things uh, uh, and pray for us. And, and, and then so the prayer team's out in front a lot. Oftentimes the prayer team is then with you in the moment where they're praying peace or they're coming around you in a difficult time, right? And, and they're kind of holding you in. So prayer, prayers, which is supposed to be all of us, right? Join up with that. And on the list that you have, there's a sheet under your, your, um, your chair today, and you don't have to pull it out right now. We'll pull it out later. Um, but there's a spot for you, and there's all a list of all of the teams for you to dive in on. And what I'm trying to give you a picture of a little bit this morning uh, is the practical side of we've looked and wondered, but now we have read and we want to run after what God has called us to do. And if we're going to run after it the way that we can, it's going to take a lot of us running together. Fourth thing, I just said the fourth thing. Fifth thing we want to do this year is we want to keep investing in our building. We want to keep investing into this facility that God has given us. And um, I'll share more of this information with you guys uh, at the church meeting uh, on that Sunday in January. But last year, we invested $213,000 back into the building, okay? It's a lot of money. And we did that because we kept modernizing it, right? We want to get it caught up, and there's still some work to do uh, in getting everything done and kind of updated, right? This was a 20-year-old building at this point. Some of the things haven't been changed over since the beginning. And so we're going to just continue to walk down that process. And everything we do, we ask the question, how does this leverage best what we've been trusted with for the kingdom of God? And so there's more projects that need to be done. We've got to um, open up a hole in the wall uh, out in the lobby uh, because right now there's kind of a bottleneck when families are checking in. And so we're going to open up a hole uh, out there in the lot so you can walk in and families and new families and all that check-in process can be smoother. Uh, we're in the process of kind of finishing like a video studio so we can um, do more video around here. Not that we want to necessarily show it on the weekend, but just so we can get it out uh, on Facebook or on our website or whatever to help communicate who we are as a church. So there is much more that we're going to continue to do. And we're going to pour energy and money back into the building so that we can leverage every square inch of what God has given us here for the advancement of his kingdom. And so that's the vision this year, those five things. And so we've looked and we've wondered, right? And then we have read, and now it's time to just run. Time for you to start running if you haven't been, to see like what role do you play in all of this? And before I move on to the third one, let me stop again and say, as an individual, as a family, this is a great practice to look and wonder and to stop and to say, okay, God, what do you want me to accomplish this year? Where do you want me to run? Where do you want me to focus my time and my energy this year? And to lay some of that out, to, to write it down like the text says, and then to figure out what is the best way then to run after it. 
And what I love about this stuff is it's not just like um, little tricks of like modern leadership. It's right from the scriptures, right? And as I was reading these at the end of the year, it's like God was saying, this is where I want the church to go collectively this year. And then there was one last one. And this last one, I think, is, is really important because I think what we can do is we can look and wonder and go, wow, God, you're amazing. And we can run and we can, um, you know, read and go, oh, this is what we want to accomplish. And let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And we can start to run uh, after the vision that God has given us. But along the way, and we've all seen, excuse me, we've all seen this or done this in different areas of our lives before, where you start running after something, and somewhere along the way, you kind of forget why you were running, or you forget who you were at the beginning of the run, right? And so sometimes you even get somewhere, and once you get there, you look back, and instead of looking and wondering like, wow, God, look what you've done, you look back and you wonder like, where did I go? Right? Because some of us right now, we could have big goals for 2022, and you could write some things down, and then you could get to the end of 22, and you could look back, and you could go, man, but I lost what was important along the way. I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, but I'm no longer who I want to be. And so the last one here is in this beautiful reminder that God gives us that along the path of this, it doesn't have to involve losing who you are. It doesn't have to involve it being chaotic and crazy. Not that it won't be hard, not that there won't be trials, not that there won't be bumps along the way, but look at this last verse. The latter glory, this is Haggai 2.9, the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. See, I love this. I love this because where I, um, where, where I want to end a service like this is some kind of like hyped up, like, you know, pregame speech kind of moment where it's like, now everyone, let's run and let's go. And this is important. And, you know, whoo, right? I used to do pregame football speeches with my junior high kids, okay? And, you know, and the point at the end was that they were like ready to kill me. They were so excited. And it's not bad. But today where I want to end instead is that the peace of God would rest here. That as we enter into all of this stuff, we know ultimately it's not going to be about our individual effort. It's not going to be about what our vision is. It's not going to be about this is what we want to accomplish. In the end, peace will come because this is his church. Because he will do what he wants to do because he gives us the privilege of being a part of it. And so I end today, yes, hoping and believing that the future glory is better than the latter glory, that we experience more of God's presence this year than we did in 2021, that our intimacy with him grows more and more than it was last year, that all of these things are experienced at a deeper, greater, larger, whatever word you want to use level next year than they were last year. But that peace rests in this house and in your house, that as we go after these things that God has called us to do, that we are more of a family as we grow, not less, that we are more committed to our values than we were last year that we understand at a deeper level what it means that this is God's church and not ours. 
that we become more and more of who he wants us to be. And we trust him along the way that he will accomplish the vision. He will accomplish the mission. He will get done what he wants to get done. And so, yeah, I think it's good that we lay it out and we write it down and we think this is what he's telling us. But peace is all along the way then saying, and God will be flexible. You do what you want to do. This is your church. And we trust you with the results. So let me end with two things. First, go home sometime today or tomorrow or this week and walk through this process. See what it does for your year. And then secondly, thank you for spending some time this morning and celebrating what God has done. The vision's been laid out for you for the next year. There's a sheet under your chair. I'd encourage you, if you're not involved in a team now, look at it, take it home. This isn't a sales pitch. I'm not trying to sell, sell you a timeshare, right? It's not like you have to drop it off today. You can if you're ready. And let God speak to you. Let him tell you exactly what team you're supposed to be on. And then hop in and run with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for an incredible year as a church family. Wouldn't believe it had I been told. Help us to remain humble, unified, and focused on what you've called us to be. Elevating Christ, running after your plan. And Father, I pray that you would form each team in our church together the way that it needs to be formed by working in each person through your Holy Spirit and them having the courage to walk through what you call them to. And Lord, as we look at the year ahead, having no idea what it will bring, may we as a church family be committed to each other, walking together, keeping our eyes fixed on you, serving each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to take a next step with Redemption Church, visit us online at experienceredemption.com slash connect card. You can also give online to support the work of Redemption Church. To explore your giving options, visit experienceredemption.com slash give online. We hope that the message you heard today encouraged you. See you again soon.